year I turned 12. The age where you transfer from boy to man. It's the little things that you remember all your life. First hit, your first kiss, the first time your dad lets you know that he sees you. Well, I still hadn't had the other two, but boy, did that third one feel good. Would you stand up and walk out on Happy Wonder Wednesday, everybody. Angela Bowen here, the host of Looking Back on My Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast. Well, today I'm continuing my coverage of Season 1 of The Wonder Years from 2021 with Season 1, Episode 10, entitled Lads and Ladies and Us. This episode aired January 5th, 2022. In this episode, Bill and Lillian join high join a high society club lads and ladies it's a way to introduce kim and dean to positive influences in the community bill kim and dean they fit right in but things take a turn when lillian is treated differently for being a working mom okay i don't like that i don't like that at all so this episode's got a 6.9 out of 10 based on 56 ratings it was directed by ken Whittingham, writers Saladin K. Patterson, who actually has been nominated, I believe, by the NAACP Awards for his writing of the pilot of The Wonder Years. So, yeah. Also, we have Neil Marlin's Carol Black, which the original Wonder Years is based on. We have Jet. Jet. Jackie? Edmonds? Embiria Allen, Yale Gil, Gilena, and Yamin I, uh, I always butcher, mess up their names. I always mess up their names and I hate it. <clears throat> we do have trivia. When narrator Dean says Corey was probably the only kid in the world who could make a pickup line about Pluto work, is most likely a reference to Dulé Hill's character Gus from the show Psych, whose pickup line was. You hear about Pluto? That's messed up, right? <laughs> Alright, during the lads and ladies party, one of the boys says Dean has memorized the name of all eight planets. During the time period of the show, the world believed that nine planets existed. Pluto, formerly the ninth planet, was reclassified years later and is no longer considered a planet. Perhaps claiming nine planets in the show dialogue would confuse some people, but is inaccurate for the era. Well, it is what it is, honestly. That's what I'm going to say about that. So before I get into the podcast, I want to let you know, if you're just tuning in, where you can find the podcast show on social media, on Facebook. Just type in Wonder Years Podcast. So looking back at my Wonder Years Podcast will pop up. Just follow it, like it, that way you'll know what episodes. I'm actually going in order of air date because these are all new episodes. They're all new to me because I don't watch them ahead of time. I watch them as I'm covering them. Also on Instagram at the Wonder Years Podcast. And if the best way to, to listen to, if you want to hear all me cover all six seasons of the original Wonder Years, SoundCloud is going to be your best place to be able to listen to them because for some reason iTunes only keeps a certain amount and being that I've covered other shows on the Wonder Years podcast like Full House, Episodes of Growing Pains, Mr. Belvedere, I'm currently in 
the second half of season two of my coverage of Small Wonder, which comes out once a month. I will be putting out a new episode of that this week, so look for that. I also cover movies from time to time as well on the podcast as well. So, all right, if you want to email the podcast with your thoughts on the new Wonder Years show, you can do so at lbomwonderyearspodcast at gmail.com. If you're enjoying the podcast and you want to show support, you can go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, type in the Wonder Years. The Looking Back at My Wonder Years podcast will pop up. Scroll down to where it says leave a review and leave a review. If you want to use emojis and get me to figure out which character you're talking about from either either version of the Wonder Years, whether it's the Kevin Savage version from 1988 to 93 or... The new Wonder Years, I would love to try to figure out which characters, which based on the emojis you use. So yes, all five stars help the podcast get noticed by other Wonder Years, new and old fans like yourselves. All right, without further ado, let's jump into Lads and Ladies and Us. All right, so the episode opens with a whole movie and we see Dean is maybe a four-year-old with, you know, spending time with Lillian. And it's just really, really cute. And then he kind of explains how Kim had a different relationship with her mom versus what Dean and Bruce had with her and everything. Because we see Kim dressing up like Lillian and they're having, you know, a tea party and everything. And then Bruce says how he... Uh, or Dean says how he and Bruce wrestling one time like broke that uh, tea set table and everything and just the bond between Lillian and, and Kim when she was younger but then when she hit the teenage years it was nothing but arguments first it started out about clothes and then of course I can imagine like curfew and what she's doing with her time she should probably be doing you know, spending time, you know, studying for like probably SATs and stuff like that, I would imagine. And Dean and, you know, first it was about clothes, and it was about makeup and curfew, and then after that it seemed like they were fighting about everything. Why do I guess that this feels like... I don't know, would you kind of... We haven't seen them too much. I mean... I don't know. I don't I don't think I would call this like a Jack and Karen kind of relationship like from the original Wonder Years. This is just a typical mom and daughter fighting, arguing about typical things. And of course, I mean, and this is, you know, the fighting is happening like in the kitchen and Dean and, you know, Bill are sitting at the kitchen table and Dean says, you know, his dad is just reading the paper. His dad's basically it's like, not getting into it. It's like, and Dean says, this is so crazy. I mean, they're fighting all the time. It's like, they're just a lot. They're apt. That is exactly like with Jack and Karen. They fight so much because they are so similar. And that's, that's the thing, I guess, when you have kids and you have a child that is just like you, they're going to be at odds with you, I can imagine. And Dean said that out loud, like they're they're so they're so alike, and apparently that's when Lillian and Kim both look at Dean like, "Wait, what? What'd you say?" It's like, "Hey, he's just speaking the truth." 
Bill just shakes his head at Dean like, oh, you will never learn. You will never learn to keep your mouth shut <laughs> when you probably should. Of course, this is part of Dean's imagination because Bill puts his paper down and he's got like a um, a parachute and then all of a sudden he just zoop, zips out of the room. And Dean eventually learns, you know, just like his dad, he learns to stay out of these ar arguments with Kim and Lillian because there's just no point in trying to get involved because it's like it's got nothing to do with you. And I'm just thinking of the times, like, when Jack and Karen would be arguing and Kevin would try to interject, it's like, this doesn't have anything to do with you, Kevin. Stay out of it. One of the great things about my mom was how much she invested in us when we were little. She was like that for all of us. But she and Kim had things in common that she didn't have with me and my brother Bruce. A few years later, Bruce and I destroyed that tea set wrestling around in the family room. Kim adored Mama. She wanted to be just like her, and Mama loved the special bond they shared. Then the teen years hit. You think I'm gonna wear this? Am I moving to a convent? No. It started out as fights about clothes, then makeup, then curfew. Pretty soon it felt like they were fighting about everything. My dad understood this was a typical pattern for girls and their moms. Unfortunately, I didn't. So crazy. They argue so much because they're just alike. Like my dad, I eventually learned to stay out of it. So, yeah, apparently Kim missed a meeting with a college recruiter because she was quote-unquote tired. Um... Yeah, you don't do that. You you don't do that. And Lillian is kind of, you know, berate, berating her. Like, I didn't do that when I was your age. I met with every, you know, inter went to every single interview that I got. And she even said, I guess, like, Lillian once got a B once in school. So I guess she was basically trying to say she's not perfect. Because Kim's like, yeah, and I'm sure all your... Your applications for college were perfect and all of this. You went to all your interviews and this and that. And Kim even says, you know, maybe I don't want to go to college. And that's that's the thing I'm thinking with, with, with Karen. Even that was a big fight with her and Jack. And the original wonder is she didn't know whether or not she wanted to go to college. And, I mean, she did for, for a bit. And then, you know, she and Michael got married. They moved to Alaska in season five i believe and then at the end of season six she she's having a baby so you know that's the thing you know college isn't necessarily for everybody and i, I don't know how the story ends you know if kim goes to college or maybe she doesn't who knows only only adult dean knows that we don't so and of course <laughs> lillian tells bill like you better get your daughter and adult Dean tells us, like, whenever our mother referred to us as our father's children, like, we needed to get out of, like, range of being hit by something. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and, of course, Kim says, going to college is my decision, not yours. And I'm thinking, back then, just having a college education is just very, very important. I mean, not just now but even you know then I mean no I, I don't have a college degree but 
It's just really stressy important. And even the thing of some say college isn't necessarily for everybody either. It it isn't. Some will go and they're like just I'm not getting what I want out of it and everything and yeah. That but that's okay too. So Kim goes and slams her door and then in the next scene we see that her door has been taken off the hinges and Lillian tells Kim, go ahead, slam another door. <laughs> oh my goodness. Bill and Lillian are playing cards with Coach Wong and his wife, or Mr. Long, whatever you want to call him. I've sadly already forgotten his first name. And Bill yells for Dean to get him and Mr. Long a couple of Cokes. Although, a couple of Cokes is just code for a ginger ale, and I think uh, Mr. Long wanted a grape soda. And Dean says, I guess, down in the South, everything back then was called a Coke. But Dean knew his dad enough to like, oh no, he wants a ginger ale. And Corey, of course, knew that his dad was asking for a grape soda. Because yeah, Dean and Corey come in from like the living room. And Dean's like, dad, you're closer to the fridge than we are. We got to come all the way in from another room. You're probably within arm's reach of the fridge. <laughs> but Bill's like, boy, don't just get us some cokes and don't talk back. And the look that Mr. Long gives or Corey's dad gives him, and Corey's like, what? I I didn't say anything. <laughs> and and Bill's like, you believe that? Talking back. When we were growing up, we never did that. And Corey's dad says, or we'd wake up in the middle of next week. As if we get our asses beat. Ah, uh, and Lillian says, "Yeah, you know that he's not ha Dean is not half as bad as Kim, though. I mean, I don't gotta worry about Dean. Kim, on the other hand, because yeah, she did tell Mrs. Long about the whole slamming the door scenario. That whole thing that went down. Oh, I remember. I'm trying to remember what." room I think it was my my room that I had from the time I was like four until I was like eleven. And when I would get angry and try to slam that door, it didn't slam. It just the way that the door was fra frame, it just it would just sh like shut like you try to slam it and it would just like thump thump just against the door jam. It just wasn't a good slamming door. I guarantee that almost every single person at one point in their life has slammed a door for some reason or another. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Corey's mom says, yeah, I heard about your little sl door slamming fix. And... <laughs> And Mr. Long is like, hey, yeah, I mean, we're remodeling our sunroom, so if you got any more doors you want to rip off, come on over. 
Lillian is at her wit's end with Kim. She doesn't know what to do with her. It's like the girl is talking back. She's out all hours of the night. Doesn't know where the heck she is. Well, that's the part of raising a teenager that has uh, the ability to take off when she wants, I guess. I guess she's seen that Kwame or Albert again. Like, I thought she was done with that guy. Oh my gosh, that guy's nothing but trouble. And Lillian also says, yeah, Kim had the nerve to say she also doesn't know that she wants to, she doesn't know if she wants to go to college. Or she's just kind of putting up that front, like, I don't think I want to go. Yeah, and Lillian thinks it's that place, that group of kids that she's hanging around with that are filling Kim's head with absolute nonsense and sending her down a path she shouldn't be going down. And Corey's mom is the one who says, well, that's why we're thinking of sending Corey to uh, Lads and Ladies, which is, you know, get him around other kids that have a positive way of thinking. Yeah, Corey's dad says, you know, we want him to get around some kids with, from some good families that share the same values that we do. And I guess Lillian and Bill might have at one point talked about doing that as well with, you know, their kids. Yeah, Bill doesn't like the idea. It's like, these people, are they're too stuffy, they're too fancy. I mean, we do fine and everything like that with our families, but it's just, I don't know if I want them. And Corey's mom says, you know, if you put Dean and Kim in with these other kids with good values and come from good families, you won't have to worry about the Kiwamis of the you know, those types of kids that Kim is hanging around because she'll be with these other kids and hopefully learn good values. Almost kind of makes me think like lads and ladies is kind of something similar to like a country club type of setting. Like, those type of people that belong to country clubs. So, Bill decides, like, yeah, why don't we, why don't we look into that? And Lillian says, you know, whatever keeps Kim on the straight and narrow path and off my last nerve is fine with me. So, we'll check out the lads and ladies. <laughs> and, of course, I don't know what card game they're playing because I, I don't really play too many. My family was really, really big into Euchre. And I think that's also a Michigan thing, too. So, um, I just, I never got into it, but, uh, Corey's dad, uh, lays down his hand and he won again. <laughs> he won. Like, here you go. Well, read him and wait, basically. And that was pretty much the cold open. <laughs> Dean, come get a cup of Coke for me and Mr. Long. In the South, everything was called a Coke, but I knew what my dad actually wanted was a ginger ale. And Corey knew his dad was asking for a grape soda. Dad, you're closer to the fridge than we are. Boy, go get us some Cokes and don't talk back. What? I didn't even say nothing. Can you believe that? When I was coming up, you'd never question an adult. Mm. Uh, and if you did, you'd wake up in the middle of next week. Mm. Mm. Well, he's not half as bad as Kim. Jesus, keep me near the cross. Oh, yeah. I heard about your little door slamming fix. Yeah, we are uh, remodeling our sun porch. So if you want to come rip some more doors <laughs> off, come right on over. <laughs> I'm serious. I don't know what to do with that girl. She's talking back and headed off at all hours of the night to God knows where. And don't get me started about that boy she's seeing again, Kwame. Albert. Then she had the nerve to say, she may not go to college. 
I think she's getting it from that crowd she's been hanging out with. They putting things in her head. I hear you. That's why we're thinking about putting our Corey into lads and ladies. Yeah, we want to get him around some children. Some good families that share the same values that we do. We talked about joining when they were starting that local chapter a few years back. Remember, Bill? Yeah, but I'm not sure we're lads and ladies type people. We do all right, but we're not fancy like they are. You mean like us? Now, we can get up and get into our brand new Cadillac out front and leave. You understand? Don't get your fro all bent out of shape, Mr. Rockefeller. You're not going anywhere with us sitting on 10 books over here. Yeah, you're right about that. <laughs> <laughs> now, fancy or not, you should think about it. Dean and Cam will be around the right kind of kids, and you wouldn't have to worry so much about the Kwamis of the world. Maybe we should give them another look. What do you say? I say anything that keeps that girl on the straight and narrow and off my last nerve. It's a good thing. Uh, well, while y'all think about the lads and ladies, I'm gonna go ahead and cut this with a lad of my own. <laughs> so we're in the living room, and Kim and Dean are there. They are not looking forward to going to lads and ladies. And Lillian is just telling them how to act, just well mannered. I want them to see how nice, what great kids you are. How well-mannered you are, well-spoken when it comes to adults and all that stuff. And, of course, Kim rolls her eyes. And Lily says, you roll your eyes again and I'm going to make sure they get stuck there. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And Lillian also tells them to be respectful and also be up on current events. Speaking of current events, I remember in fourth and fifth grade, I thought it was like, was it once a week? Or maybe we did it more than once a week. (laughs) Maybe it was once a week where we would have to cut an article out of the newspaper, something newsworthy. And um, I remember when um, Clinton and Bush were running for president and they did the elections and Bush won. I think me included, along with almost every other kid in that class, there was like maybe 12 kids in that class, maybe 15 if that. Um... We all brought newspaper clippings of Bill Clinton winning the election in 1993. It was 1993, right? It was at the end of 92. Okay, so that would have been third... Fourth grade going into fifth grade, that's right, because fifth grade for me would have been the fall of 93 to the spring of 94. Okay, gotcha. Okay, now I I know now. I got it. I got it. And uh, adult Dean is like thinking, like, what? Current events? Like, I was 12. He says, I thought a Dixie Crat was a new Sunday at Dairy Queen. (laughs) I don't know what a Dixie Crat is. What is that? Look that up. <laughs> Dixie Crat. Uh, Dixie Crat's definition. Um, any of the Southern Democrats who seceded from the party in 1948 in opposition to its policy of extending civil rights. What does Dixie Crat? Okay. Um. Also, states' rights Democrat, member of right-wing Democrats, splinter group in 1948, presidential election organized Southerners who objected to the civil rights program of the Democratic Party. Oh, something to, something or other. Okay. See, honestly, that is the thing. I am learning so much by watching the show. I really, really am. 
So Dean wants to know, like, what's the point of this lads and ladies thing? I, I, I already have friends, and I don't have to dress up when I go see them. And Lillian tells Dean, like, this is an organization that is made up of prominent families. It almost sounds like, in a way, like, one, be, like belonging to one of these organizations will help set you up when it comes time to starting to look at colleges. Like, the whole, the whole saying of it's not what you know, it's who you know kind of thing, it feels like. Yeah, it's an organization of prominent families that do really good work in the community. Okay, okay, well, I mean, there you go. Doesn't hurt to, to, you know, mix with people that can, you know, help you and help, you know, values and all that good stuff. Hey, if anything, you're going to get a good meal, right? I'm sure they got amazing food at these, these, these places. They must. They have to. Lillian also says, like, these are the type of successful people I want you to be around, so please be on your best behavior. I, I don't think you're going to worry about Dean. I, I don't think so. And adult Dean tells us, like, Lillian was always giving them speeches about being on their best behavior, representing the family well and everything like that. And Dean just saying, what did she think we were going to do? And then in this weird fantasy, we see Dean, like, Bel I don't know whether he's belching, he's like sneezing, and then Kim is wearing her like uh, black power beret and then holding a gun and everything like that, and talking about, you know, blackness in Vietnam, and Vietnam. And Bill comes in like, it's like, there's nothing left to fix on the boy, okay? Like, stop like touching his hair, let's go. And, of course, Dean's all like, Dad, it's Saturday. It's the only day I get to watch cartoons. Like, dude, the cartoons are going to be there next week. Don't worry about it. Yeah, and Dean's all like, why can't I stay home and you guys can go? And Bill says, because it's a family event. Now get in the car. I'm like, Dean, why are you talking back, man? Just go. Like, there's no chance that you're going to end up being able to stay home. Yeah, and he says, the only reason we're going is because... You're all afraid that Kim's gonna fall into the, you know, into the, into a bad crowd with this whole, yeah, it's just more like to set her straight than it is to set me straight. Yeah, it's basically, yeah, he's right. It's like, you're just worried that she's gonna fall in with the wrong crowd and not go to college, basically. It's like, it's like so why are you bringing me into this? Yeah, and then comes like, oh, this is why we're getting so bourgeois, bourgeois, what she would say, bourgeois. Because you're like, oh, you're trying to run my life. It's like, no, 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 no. And Bill says, you know, as long as you're living in this house, you're going to follow our rules. You're going to do what we say. Like, oh my goodness. He's throwing around words like classists and patriarchy and stuff like that. And Bill says, you know, those are some mighty fine SAT words for someone who does not want to go to college. <laughs> and Kim again was like, oh, this is my decision whether I want to go to College or not, and Lillian's like, didn't your father just tell you who makes the decisions in this house? <laughs> oh my god, like, let's go. You know how important first impressions are. I want everyone at Lads and Ladies to know how special you are. Roll those eyes again and I make sure they get stuck that way. Now, act smart, well-spoken, well-mannered in front of the adults. Be respectful and remember to show that you're up on current events. Current events? 
I was 12. I thought a Dixiecrat was a new kind of Sunday at Dairy Queen. What's the point of this lads and ladies thing? I mean, I already have friends, and I don't have to dress up to go see them. It's an organization made up of prominent families who do really good work in our community. These are the type of successful people I want you to be around, so I need you two to be on your best behavior. Mama was always giving us speeches about being on our best behavior in public and representing our family well. What was she afraid we were going to do? Black. Blackness. Vietnam. There's nothing left to fix on the board. Let's go. Dad, it's a Saturday. It's the only day I get to watch cartoons. Why can't I stay home while you guys go? You know this is a family event. Now get in the car. But why? The only reason we're going is because you're afraid that Kim's going to fall into the wrong crowd and not go to college. Is that why we've gotten so bourgeois all of a sudden? Because you're trying to run my life? Young lady, as long as you're in this house, you'll do as your mother and I say. And I say Lads and Ladies is a classist organization that only exists to reinforce the patriarchy. Those are mighty good SAT words for someone who don't want to go to college. Uh, the point is, it's my decision. Didn't your father just tell you who makes the decisions in this house? You better come on. Yeah, this was a fight. But just like other families, we knew how to turn it on when it counted. Uh, looks like um, Corey's mom, Mrs. Long, comes up to the family and she wants to introduce Lillian to the person who's home there at Dorothy Payton, who's the head of the committee and everything, and she makes the selections about whether or not you can actually officially join lads and ladies. And Lillian is just, she's so nervous and everything. It's like, even Bill noticed. And I like how he's like, honey, you look pretty. And, and kisses her on the side of that. And I'm like, oh! And, yeah, and she says, yeah, Lillian's like, oh, this just feels like ba being back in the sorority during, you know, that sorority rush in the beginning and I'm like oh my yeah just uh oh you you know you want to make a good first impression and everything like that and it's just like oh oh yeah she introduces her to Dorothy and you know the kids and everything and she's like oh well I'm, Dorothy says I'm surprised that we our paths haven't crossed already did you do anything with the NAACP or the women's auxiliary, or the boys and kids club, or just all these different organizations and stuff. I'm like, no, no, I haven't. Uh, the thing is, she's a working mom, so she's working. She probably doesn't have the time to be able to do that. You know, she's you know working and she's you know taking care of her family and stuff. Dorothy says, "Wait, I know a uh, bridge club, right?" And Lillian says, mm, "I'm afraid not. Sorry." So it's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's just a thing, uh, again, with the whole it's who you know kind of thing. Like, if you're not in these organizations or doing any of these things, odds are you probably aren't going to be selected to join the club. Yeah, Lillian's on it. She says, you know, I'm, I'm afraid not. I work during the day, and I, I really don't get it to attend any of these, you know, luncheons and meetings and stuff like that. So I don't see why that should be... Basically, her getting shot down because she has a job. Yeah, she says she's an accountant at the State's Department of Treasury. I mean, that's really good. I mean, wow. So, yeah, he's kind of saying how, like, oh, well, I only went for my MS or and I stopped at my MRS or whatever, these things. Like, I didn't go any farther. Like, well, good. you know, everyone does their own thing. Why should they be... 
looked down upon for it. Yes, I feel bad bad for Lily. And some of these people are like the ladies that do it all. Like they work, but they still do all of these. Find time to do all of these things. You know, committees, club meeting, Cub Scouts. You know, stuff for their Girl Scouts. <clears throat> you know, PTA meetings, like, they're doing it all, like, work and all of this stuff, and it's like, sometimes you gotta kind of wonder, it's like, are you just bragging, or you're just trying to, I don't know, I don't know, I just, I, I feel bad for her, it's like, there's nothing wrong with having a job, I guess in 1968, it was just looked down upon for, for a woman to have, I, I don't know, it just feels, that's the impression I'm getting with this. Now, I've almost met everybody here, so I can introduce you. Now, right over there, that's Dorothy Payton. This is her home, and she is the head of the selection committee. So you want to be nice to her. Oh, I'm nice to everybody. <laughs> Don't you start? So you ready to go over to meet Dorothy? Uh. I didn't understand why at the time, but Mama looked nervous. Dad noticed, too, but him being a man in the 1960s, he didn't know exactly what to say either. So he went with his old standby. Oh, you look very pretty, sweetie. Thank you, Bill. Oh, my. This is like sorority rush all over again. Okay. Let's go. Dorothy! <laughs> I would like to introduce you to my dear friend, Lillian Williams. Oh, hello. And these are her children, Dean and Kim. Such a pleasure to meet you, Mrs. Payton. Kim was going to be on her best behavior like Mama asked, but she was still going to do it in a way that embarrassed her. Thank you, Kim. Please, get up. <laughs> I am so surprised that our paths haven't crossed before now. You know, Vivian and I know a lot of the same people. Would I have seen you at one of the fundraising luncheons for the NAACP? No, I don't think so. Oh. Do you do anything with the Women's Auxiliary Group at the Boys and Girls Club? Wait, I know. Bridge Club. <laughs> I'm afraid not. I, I've worked during the day, so I don't get to attend many luncheons and club meetings. <laughs> I'm an accountant at the State's Department of Treasury. Interesting. Lillian here went to grad school for her okay. MS. Now, I just stopped at my MRS. <laughs> Didn't we all? <laughs> now, tell me about that recipe. So, yeah, Corey... Dean pretty much follows Corey's example here. Like, I'll just do what Corey does. Same thing we do in baseball, school, church, that kind of thing. And when Corey sees Dean, it's like, oh, thank goodness you're here, man. Because I can't with these guys. I just, they're really, they're not like you and I. Oh, yeah. This boy and girl are having an argument about Apollo 7 and Apollo 6. Like, oh, they'll have to scrap all the... <laughs> Ideas they have with the Apollo 7 after what happened with the Apollo 6 and everything like that. And this girl's talking about what it said in Time Magazine. And Dean is thinking, a bunch of black kids talking about space missions? Well, I'm just thinking about, um, what's that? <clears throat> Excuse me, that movie, it's called Hidden Figures. And it talks about, um, black women that were involved with the space program. And I'm just trying to see... When that movie was set, Hidden Figure. Okay, so the movie itself came out in 2016. So it says, 
The story of a team of female African-American mathematicians who served a vital role in NASA during the early years of the U.S. space program. So, okay, it says early 1961 to early 62. Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Sure. I just wanted to make sure I had that right. Oh, yeah, we all know Dean is really big with science and everything, and he's kind of thinking like, hey... Could I have found my, my peeps when it comes to science and everything? And Corey's like, hey, you guys, you got to check out Dean. Because he, like, literally, he is, like, the father of science. He is, like, he knows it all about science, okay? Yeah. Yeah, and Corey's like, hey, Dean, tell them about the new chemistry set you got. He says he, he got the new Skill Master Chem set. I'm like, okay, cool, cool. This boy, Nelson's like, what? I thought that was for kids 16 and older. It's like, well, I'm sure Dean's going to say, look, well, I'm pretty advanced for my age. So, yeah, they made an exception. <laughs> something, something was like, oh, well, I mean, you know, you got to be one of the few, right? That, yeah. And the girl says, yeah, well, the government makes them put that on the box 16 and older. And Dean says, yeah, I mean, it does have some serious chemicals, but, uh, and I love how he's kind of conspiratorial. like, but I do know how to make a stink bomb. <laughs> oh, he's got these kids wrapped around his finger now. Because the girl's like, oh my gosh, a stink bomb? Those are so cool. How do you make one? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. This is going to create a, um, yeah, a problem. <laughs> if he, oh my gosh. He was there because Lillian is trying to fit in. And it's just like, ugh, Dean, it was a stink. Oh, my gosh. Like, oh, we, do, we don't like that kind of example for our kids. He's like a mischief maker. And Dean is so excited. He's like, I finally found my tribe. I found another thing I'd never had before. Confidence. And I love how they're all bent down. Their heads bent down like in a huddle. It's just so cool. I guess he was telling them like a joke or something because then Dean said something like, and then I said, like the punchline of a joker said then I said so then do you pee outside <laughs> so yeah Nelson asks Dean like hey you coming to the planetarium with us next week and Dean says well I hope so because I, I love the planetarium I swear I remember going to something like that once when I was maybe in junior high I don't know if it was high school it was something I remember sitting in a chair leaning back and seeing this big open space, I swear I went to one, a planetarium that was part of a museum. Maybe it was part of a museum. Something like that. Corey tells them that Dean can name all eight planets. And how Corey was, you know, adult Dean says Corey was wrong then, even though in a way he was kind of right. As in, there used to be, at that time, there were nine planets, but technically Pluto was discovered many, many, many years later that it actually is not a planet. So there's technically only eight planets. So, in a way, he was right, but then he was, historical purposes back then, he was wrong. Thankfully, I saw Corey. I'd just do whatever he did, like I'd do in school when I didn't fit in, and on the baseball team, and in church. <laughs> Pretty soon, I'm going to have to pay Corey a retainer. I am so happy to see you, man. I don't know what to say to these cats. They're, they're different. Uh, no. They're going to have to scrap the Apollo 7 with all the problems with the Apollo 6. 
That's not what Time Magazine said, Nelson. A bunch of black kids talking about space missions? This felt unfamiliar, yet familiar. Could I be in my element? You know, my man Dean knows everything about science. Tell him about your new camera, she said. Yeah, well, I did get the new Skillcraft Chem Master set for my birthday. What? I thought that was for kids 16 and over. The government makes them put it on the box. Yeah, it does have some serious chemicals, but uh, I can make a stink bomb. Stink bombs are so cool. How do you make one? I found my tribe. <laughs> I had a feeling I'd never had before. Confidence. And so I said, then do you pee outside? <laughs> <laughs> You're right, Dean. It was a thinker. Hey, Dean, are you coming to the planetarium with us next week? Uh, I hope so. I mean, I love the planetarium. Dean can name all eight planets. <laughs> Corey was wrong then, but he turned out to be right, thanks to an absolutely fascinating string of discoveries. Yeah, still a nerd. So, Dean goes over to Kim because he's afraid that she's going to mess it up. He's like, no, I got to go to the planetarium. So, he says, hey, look, I will do your chores for a week if you tell mom and dad that you want to come to Lads and Ladies every single week. And Kim's like, oh, okay, sure. She seems like she's having an enjoyable time talking with those uh, two teens. And Dean walks away thinking, wow, that was easy. And then he stops and thinks, wait, no, that was too easy. So, he turns around and here's Kim talking about how the Howard College does have an amazing Afro-American studies. Oh, the guy does tell her, like, it's not just a major anymore. There's a whole department on Afro-American studies. So, and Kim says, yeah, definitely. If I do decide to go to college says she wants to go to one that has a very progressive curriculum when it comes to African-American studies. Yeah, and he's like, hey, you really should come to our college information meeting thing. I think you would really dig that. I think that would be really helpful. And, yeah, Dean pretty much walked right into that because she's actually having a good time. She's like, great. No, he's like, now I gotta do Kim's chores for nothing. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, well... I was all in with these lads and ladies, kids. I didn't want Kim's funky attitude to mess it all up for me. What? Okay, I need a favor. I'll do all your chores for a week if you tell mom you want to come to every lads and ladies event. Okay. Man, that was easy. Too easy. It is so cool that Howard has a major in Afro-American studies. It's not just a major anymore. They started a whole new department. It's a bit of a student takeover, if you will. If I do decide to go to college, I gotta go someplace with a progressive curriculum. You dig? <laughs> right on, sister. You, know, you should really come to our college information meeting. You definitely dig that. What? Kim was having a good time? Man, I played myself. I was gonna have to do a week of Kim's chores for nothing. Damn it. We're so yeah, now we're gonna go check on Bill, and he's fitting right in too. You know, talking about music and all that good stuff. So I guess there's a story that... Dean has only heard his dad say a handful of times, so he never gets to hear the end of it because it's always they always stop mid sentence when uh, he's talking about Nat King Cole, and then he mentions something about a cocktail waitress, and then you know Corey's dad is there. It's like Bill, Bill, like your son's right there. You gotta. <laughs> I was like, yeah, what's up, Dean? And Dean says, well, mom's ready to go. So yeah, she's clearly not having. It. Everyone else is fitting in fine, but she is just not. It's not working out for her, unfortunately. 
Oh, and that stinks, because she's the one who really wanted to do this, and she's the one that just, it's not working out well for her. Oh, because she's a working mom, and I think that sucks that she's getting that from them. Ugh. And um, one of the guys gives Bill a business card, like, hey, man, uh, look me up if you want ever, you know, about that club, and what did he say? He said, like, was it Birmingham, he said? Oh, yeah. He says the owner of the club in Birmingham is always looking for a good band. And Bill shakes his hand and says, yeah, definitely I will. Uh, thank you for that. Like, yeah, he's making connections. That is so cool. And the guy even says, you know, us lads and ladies folk, we take care of each other. That is so cool. Wait, you're talking about Nat King Cole, the Nat King Cole? The one and only. <laughs> now, I'm not saying Nat's band was into wild stuff, but let's just say this cocktail waitress hey, and her friends. Hey. I can't tell you how many times I heard my dad almost finish that story. Mom says it's time to go. <laughs> hey, he was really good meeting you, Bill. And I'll be listening for your song on the radio. Hey, give me a call about the club in Birmingham. The owner, he's always looking for a good band. I definitely will. I really appreciate it. Yeah, hey, us lads and ladies folk, take care of each other. Dean, tell your mom I'll be there in a minute. It was so nice meeting you, Lillian. We really look forward to seeing you and your children at the rest of our events for prospective families. Well, we really look forward to being involved. See you next time. Right. Bye, baby. Bye. <laughs> Did you hear what she said about good hair? Like anybody's hair could stay good out in this type of humidity for hours. I did. It was right after she said, we only take a certain type of family into lads and ladies. I see a whole lot of milk chocolate out here and not a lot of dark chocolate. Mm. <sighs> oh, there go my boys. <laughs> see you later, girl. This wasn't as bad as I thought. Actually, met some guys who had excellent taste in music. <laughs> Meaning they heard your record? Yep, a real good taste. Well, we'll see how it goes. You don't sound happy. <laughs> I'm afraid they might be living up to their reputation, if you know what I mean. Somebody says something. Well, it's not like they pulled out a brown paper bag or anything, but it was just a lot of comments about looking for lads and ladies type of people. Well, you let me know what you want to do. As long as it's good for Dean and Kim, we'll stick with the process. That was great news, because I'd promised a stink bomb, and I'm a man of my word. Dean! Man of my word. Dean! Kim! Let's go! Oh, yeah. Um... Lillian and Miss Long, after Dorothy leaves, are just like, Can you catch what you said about good hair and this and this and this? And just say, Yeah, they're saying, like, oh, we see more milk chocolate than we do dark chocolate. Or just, there's a certain, I guess, type that they're looking in for letting people into the lads and ladies. Like, they don't, excuse me, they don't let just anyone in, any family in there. You gotta meet, it seems like a certain criteria not a a written standard criteria just a like an unspoken criteria it's like if we like you we'll let you in but if we don't like you then you're basically out of luck it's it just ugh. yeah it's just the some of them seem kind of like i guess i don't know posers may not seem like the right word but it's just like sometimes like you got air about them like they're kind of uppity it's just they want a certain uh je ne sais quoi type of pe I, I don't know 
and Lillian just like I don't know about me joining this club, but because uh, even Bill's like, what did they say something to you? And she like, well, no, not so much in words, but they just yeah, they kind of have a way about them. So and Lily wants to you know stick with just for the opportunities that Dean and Kim will get from this more than what she and Bill would get from it. So. And, of course, it's like, yeah, Dean wants to show these kids a stink bomb, and he wants to go to the planetarium, so it's like, he's, he's, he's riding this train for as long as he can, he can take it, basically. You know, he's hanging out with kids that like science, dang it! How many kids at his school like science other than him? Not many. Yeah, they go to the planetarium, and... You know, uh, Mrs. Long, Corey's mom, is like, hey, it looks like we're still in the running. And, like, oh, what are you going to wear to the luncheon tomorrow for all the mothers? And Lillian kind of gives her a look like, what what luncheon are you talking about? It's like, oh, ooh. So more like, oh, the Longs haven't been, they're not part of it. They're kind of doing the initiation in a way, kind of like how Bill and Lily, oh, ooh, um... Yeah, that's going to be interesting if the Longs get in and the Williamses don't. Oh, well, looks like we were wrong about the whole thing. <laughs> looks like we're still in the running, girl. So what you going to wear to Dorothy's luncheon tomorrow? What luncheon? You know, the one for all the moms. Oh, I'm so sorry. I don't worry about it. I'm glad they invited you. At least now we know it's not about complexion. It probably was just an oversight. I'll talk to Dorothy. No, don't worry about it. And feel free to go without me. Girl, now you you know I was still going. <laughs> I'm not gonna have no fun though. 30 minutes. Come on. So Corey says he's been up all night studying, you know, planets and whatnot like that. And then now, Jean, Dean is thinking, like, what, is Corey into astronomy? No, no, like, no, no, no. It's like, Dean's like, I don't want him to take that away from me. It's like, you know how sports is your thing, Corey? Stick with that. Now, according to Dean, um, Corey's got this Pluto line, you know, about the planet, not the dog. <laughs> that he says, if I meet a cute girl, the Pluto line is coming out. I'm, I'm going to use that. And apparently, that it's a line that works. I mean, do we get to hear it? Hey, I'm not going to lie. I felt a little left out last time. So I spent all night studying up on the planets. Did you know that Pluto is so far out there that from there, the sun just looks like a regular star? Also, did you know that we have a library by where we live? Wait a minute. Corey's an astronomer all of a sudden? Hey, you know how sports is your thing? Maybe lead the planets to me. Okay. Unless there's a cute girl out there, and Pluto thing's coming back out. Corey was probably the only kid in the world who could make a pickup line about Pluto work. Oh, Dean. So he shows Nelson the stink bomb, like, hey, when this is over, we're going to set this off outside, all right? And Nelson's like, oh, let me see it. And the cap on the top of it, falls off, and then it falls to the floor. Like, oh, that's great. Now they're going to have to evacuate the planetarium. And Dean is, you know that they're going to throw Dean under the rug and say, oh, it wasn't us, it was Dean. It was all him. They're going to turn on him. I know it. And 
And yeah, now we see Corey next to this girl and he's starting to give that Pluto line and he kind of like sniffs her, like sniffs like, and then he lifts up his arm and sniffs like, what is that stink? And you hear kids coughing and <laughs> kids and adults are rushing out of there. <laughs> Let's begin this trip by looking at the solar system with the largest object in our solar system, our sun. The sun is a star. When we get back outside, we'll send it off in the parking lot. Ooh, it's gonna be great. Let me see it. Oh. Did you know that Pluto was so far? So, Dean and Nelson are the only ones left. Lillian pulls up in her car and is like, what happened? And Nelson says, oh, a stink bomb went off, but Dean had nothing to do with it. stink bomb went off but dean had nothing to do with it yeah we uh, had to miss the rest of the exhibition uh, do you think we can come back next weekend we'll see something about that look on my mom's face made me worry that she wasn't buying it but soon i would realize what she had on her mind wasn't about me dorothy <laughs> do you mind if i ask you a question vivian was telling me about a luncheon and i hadn't heard anything about it is it an official event because if so i hate to miss it oh, it's on a weekday and i didn't think you'd be able to attend i imagine you have so much on your plate with all your numbers and meetings and things thank you for your concern but i would find the time oh i would never ask you to do that but a lot of our meetings and get-togethers do happen during the afternoon and I'd imagine that participating would be difficult for someone with a career. Well, I would find a way to contribute, just like the other working mothers of lads and ladies. We don't, haven't, had many like you in our chapter. Well, I hope this won't affect your decision on membership. When it comes to doing what's good for my family, I always find a way to work things out. I'm sure you do your best. We won't decide about membership until after the spring gala. It's at night, so I'm sure you'll be able to make it. Whoa. It would be a few decades before I learned the name for it, but outside that planetarium was the first time I witnessed the phenomenon known as shade. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that, yeah, that was full on shade, just... The way Dorothy was saying that, um, well, we've never had anyone like you in our chapter before, isn't, you know, being a working mom and all that, and the fact that most of our meetings and stuff are held during, you know, the week in the afternoon when you're working, and Lillian's like, well, I'm sure I can find the time, like, I could move things around and make it there, and she also, you know, says, I hope this won't, um, affect my, uh, our membership and Dorothy says well the membership isn't going to be um, confirmed 100% it's not going to be uh, decided until after the spring gala and I'm just like yeah and she also says the gala is going to be at night so I know that you'll you know should be able to make it I'm thinking 
And then Dean says, you know, I wouldn't find out until many, many decades later that that was called Shade. And I'm like, I feel bad for Lillian. It's like, there's nothing. Yeah, and she even says, you know, I do what's best for my family. So I can, and I work things out. And Dorothy says, I'm sure you do your best. That Shade there. I'm thinking, girl, lady, what is your deal? Why do you got to be so inclusive? This inclusive, just or I, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. And I just, I feel bad for her because everyone's having a good time. Because even when Dean says, "Hey, um, we didn't get to catch the rest of the exhibition because of the uh, stink bomb in the planetarium," can we come back next week? And <laughs> Lillian says, "We'll see." It's like, mm, yeah, more like no. So Lillian, Dean says Lillian was pretty much silent on the way home. Didn't have much to say, which I can understand. Um, and he thinks, you know, his role as king of this lads and ladies, you know, kids was in peril. That he figures, like, this is going to have to do with Kim, so I'm going to have to take care of this. And he opens the door to her room, and she's wearing a nice dress, and she's on the phone. Maybe with the guy from that she was talking to at the little at the uh, luncheon. So Dean tells Kim, like, "Hey, remember how Mom was worried that we would do things to mess thing up being in lads and ladies? Well, it turns out like the real problem is Mom because she and Dorothy, since Mom didn't get invited to the lads and ladies mother's luncheon, um, they got." into an argument it wasn't a real fight or anything like that but yeah it wasn't good something about my mom's silence on that ride home made me feel that my reign as the king of the lads and ladies kids was in peril since this whole thing was about kim i decided it was up to her to fix it no the other kids are actually pretty cool and my dress for their party is boss Look, I gotta go. There's a pest in my room. What? So you know how Mom was worried that we would do something to blow our chances into getting into lads and ladies? Well, I think the real problem might be her. What are you talking about? She didn't get invited to the lunches with the other moms, and when she asked Miss Dorothy about it, they got into this big fight, which wasn't really a fight, but it kind of was. And now we moved to the living room where Bill says, look, if they have a problem with you being... A working mom then maybe this group isn't the right fit for us it's like any group or organization that makes you feel bad or puts you down because you're a working parent or for some other reason is not a group that you should be affiliated with like it's not worth it no group should be made to make you feel bad about yourself and what you do and Lillian says, look, yeah, because Bill says, look, you can tell them to kick rocks, okay? Because you got a lot of friends. And Lillian says, it's not about me. This is supposed to be something good for the kids. And yeah, it just means like it feels like a slight against her, which is feels like a slight against, you know, their family. Just because what? She's a working mom? And Kim's disappointed. Like, what? Does that mean we're not getting in? And Kim says how she just bought this dress for the gala. And it's like, what, now we're not going to go? And Bill says, look, they sound like a bunch of jealous hens, okay? It's like, 
I think they are. I think, honestly, deep down, some of those ladies wouldn't mind having a job. But maybe their husbands don't let them or don't want them to. Or who knows? But I think this is just ridiculous. And Dean asked Lily, like, hey, why don't you just do what you always tell me to do when people don't like me? It's just, you know, show them why you're, why you're special. He says, you know, ask them about themselves. Uh, tell a joke. I have some good ones. I'm thinking, buddy, that, that's, you're a kid. Those are examples to help when you're a kid, but don't necessarily really apply. I mean, they're helpful suggestions, yes, but they don't really apply in this scenario, unfortunately. Lillian tells him, like, no, I just feel bad because you guys are missing out because of my choices. I'm thinking, any club that's going to be that inclusive does not need to have them. They're not worth it. And I wouldn't want my kid to be part of some snooty McSnoot snoot club anyway. You know, like, you know I don't want a club that's going to teach them to try to have their noses in the air and think they're better than everyone else. That wouldn't be the values I want to teach my kids. And when she was saying, you know, be respectable and everything like that, yeah. But the adults aren't showing examples of being respectable. It's like, they're just... And this is the example you want to give to your kids? I just, I just think this is all kinds of wrong. All kinds of wrong. And I love how Bill says the only thing those kids these kids missed out on is a smaller house and only one car. And Lillian says, you know, Dean, I'm sure there are times where I wish, where you probably wish I was volunteering more at your school. And I, I, I wouldn't be surprised, like, well, no, actually, um, I'm cool with that. You, you don't need to, you don't need to do that, Mom. That's okay. <laughs> no, you, you, you do what you do, but you, you work. You don't need to volunteer. I guess, Court, Court, <laughs> Dean says the only reason he wanted that is because when Miss Vivian did that, she would give Corey extra cookies. Oh, because he wanted, because it was something in it for him. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, and he'd also get to go home. Corey would get to go home early. <laughs> so it had nothing to do with her actually volunteering. It was more of, of what's in it for Dean. And Lillian says to Kim, like, you know, Kim, you know, Lord knows I, I really miss the times where I wasn't working as much. And, you know, you and I actually got to spend time together and do things. Yeah, and she says, you know, we used to do everything together. And Kim says, you know, that wasn't your fault. And even Dean says, you know, Mom, we don't want you to quit your job. And Lillian says, oh, I'm not quitting my job. No, and we are going to that spring gala. It's like, that is a, that's a certainty. Like, we're doing it. This makes, this makes me think about um, that, that Simpsons episode where... Marge gets invited to uh, like a country club type of thing from an old high school classmate and realizing that she doesn't fit in. And even the kids and Homer are just, they're not into it. They don't like people are snooty. They're snotty. They're stuck up. They're all of those things. And it's like, ugh. But it's so important to Marge that, you know, they'd be seen as, you know, you know, good people in society and that everyone thinks that they're good and great and wonderful and everything like that. And then finally, she just is like, any club that doesn't want to have us for members isn't worth it. It turns out that uh, they did actually allow the Simpsons into 
Although that they didn't find out about it because they decided, like, you know what, forget it. We don't need to go to this serum, this initiation serum, whatever it is. So they end up eating that crusty burger, and then you find out, well, they actually were well going to welcome them that night, like, into the society. They'd been accepted, and. Lillian says, we're going to do what we always do. Be who we are and hope for the best. Honestly, I honestly would say those are words to live by. Do what you always do. Be who you are and hope for the best. It's like, if that's not good enough, then... Then I don't... Like, hey, I'm being myself. If that's not good enough for you, then that's not my problem. Exactly. Exactly. These are going to be the wonderling words of wisdom for this episode. If, that, if people don't like you for who you are, that's on them. That's not any fault of your own. You don't need to live to up to other people's standards or expectations. Because in my eyes, that isn't really living if you're trying to live up to what other people expect you to be. I love him. Yeah, Bill kisses Lillian on the side of the head and says, yep, that's right. And he says, no one's going to talk about how Kim's dress... Dress is cut too low. I can see her heartbeat. <laughs> oh my gosh. Camel Pearl's like, ah, oh, daddy. And she turns around and just stomps off. And Bill says, you better be walking off to get another dress. <laughs> or at least wear like a little coat thing over it. If they have issue with you being a working mom, maybe they're not the right group for us. Tell them to kick rocks. You have plenty of friends. This is not about me. It's like we said, it's about this being a good thing for the kids. So it is true? We're not getting in? Great, I found this dress and got excited about this gala for nothing. Well, I'm honestly not sure about our chances. It'll be their loss, Lil. Those women ain't got nothing on you. A bunch of jealous hands, you ask me. Can't you just mm. do what you always tell me to do when people don't like me? Show them why you're special. Ask them about themselves. Tell a joke. I got some good ones you can use. I just hate the idea of you guys missing out because of my choices. <laughs> what? The only thing they missed out on is a smaller house and only one car. That's true. Dean, I'm sure there are times that you wish I was doing things like volunteering more at your school. Yeah, but that was only because when Miss Vivian did it, she would give Corey extra cookies and he'd get to go home early. <gasps> well, Kim, Lord <laughs> knows I miss the times when I wasn't working as much and we did everything together. That wasn't your fault. We don't want you to quit your job, Mama. Oh, I'm not quitting. We are going to that spring gala, and we're going to do what we always do. Be who we are and hope for the best. That's right. <laughs> Nobody else is going to talk about how Kim's dress is cut too low. I can see the girl's heart beating. Daddy! You better be walking off to get another dress. Okay, so this is the Montgomery chapter of lads and ladies the spring gala and it's a biannual so i don't know what does that mean biannual so like every other year so yeah we see the table we see Corey and dean i don't know whether they're like playing with spoons fighting with spoons and lillian's like dean enough stop it so yeah they have the uh Lads and ladies, or the ladies that are going to be part of the debutante ball next year, or how, debutante committee, whatever. And Kim 
does come out, but she's not wearing a gown. She's wearing um what looks like a uh, woman's button-up blazer with like it's like gold with white pinstripes. It's really nice. Can't, yeah. Well, Dean says, adult Dean says, while everyone was wearing girls were wearing formal gowns, Kim busted out one of Lillian's business suits, and I'm like, oh, I love it. Dean was kind of looking at, you know, his parents, like, not knowing how they are going to react. And then Bill and Lillian stand up and they applaud Kim. It's like, hell yeah! Hell yeah! You go, girl! Tell them stuffy people! Dean starts clapping and Corey's parents start clapping. I think they're, like, the only ones. <laughs> and I love the little wave. It's almost like, is it, like, the Queen, the Queen of England wave? I don't know. No, it's like the pageant wave, right? It's the pageant wave, the little, like, you're shifting your hand, and it's kind of, oh, it's, stand, your hand is up, but it's kind of lightly curved, so it's, like, kind of going side to side. Uh, Dorothy does not know what to say. And Dean looks around and sees Nelson, apparently Nelson wanted to make a statement. He's got his own stink bomb! <laughs> Let me guess, that's gonna send the, everyone ru rushing for the exit. And Dean says he co Nelson copied his stink bomb formula. And Dean says how he felt confident, you know, that his uh, influence would live on. <laughs> Welcome to the Montgomery chapter of Lads and Ladies Biannual Spring Gala. <laughs> now it's time to meet the fine young people eligible to be presented at next year's debutante cotillion. These groups are both current and prospective Lads and Ladies members. First, Miss Sandra Diane Henderson. in the mirror. She can do that for hours. Thank you, Kathy. Isn't she so lovely? <laughs> and next we have Miss Kimberly Lynette Williams. Kim is a junior. <laughs> While everyone else wore their formal gowns, Kim busted out one of Mama's business suits and strutted her stuff like when they played dress-up back Aww. in the day. She made a real statement that night. Oh, yeah. At first, we didn't know how to react. But the look on Mom's face made everything we'd gone through worthwhile. <laughs> Unfortunately, Nelson also wanted to make a statement. He copied my stink bomb formula. Yeah. <laughs> but I felt heartened knowing that my influence would live on. All right, so it looks like we are ending the episode on a college tour trip. Uh, of course, Lillian's wearing her Tuskegee college sweater, and they're also going to be checking out Howard as well, which is cool. So, and I love what Kim's like, okay, I'll drive. And Lillian says, oh no, 
but you can pick the music though. <laughs> Sweet, a nice mother-daughter weekend getaway. And yeah, Kim and Lillian drive off and I love how Bill and Dean are just, you know, waving as they drive away. And Dean asks Bill, like, are they going to have a good time, you think? And Bill says, oh yeah. But not without a little bit of bloodshed. And that's how the episode ends. Why are you wearing a Tuskegee sweater when we're going to visit Howard? Howard is not the only school around. Besides, Tuskegee's on the way. Fine. But I'm driving. <laughs> no. But you can pick the music, though. Yeah, you know, I mean, the episode wasn't bad. It wasn't the greatest. I mean, I did like it, but I mean, it wasn't a particular uh, favorite. But uh, it was cute. It was cute. So, yeah. So, with the Valentine's Day episode coming up on the horizon for February, I'm like, okay, I want to get some more um, episodes done. So, we're going to go back to weekly. So, the next episode, of course, I'm going to be focusing on is Season 1, Episode 11, called Brad Mitzvah. This episode aired January 12th, 2022. In this episode, Brad works through his nerves preparing for his bar mitzvah speech. Dean ends his friendship with Kisa when Charlene tells him he can't be friends with other girls. Oh, what? Excuse me? What is this mess? What is this hot mess right here? I don't like this. Dean, you need to stand up for yourself. Your girlfriend can't dictate who your friends are going to be, even if they are female. Thank you. I don't like that. But we're going to find that out. We are going to find that out next week. So, yeah. And I think it's going to be so fun to kind of compare, you know, with, you know, the differences with, with Brad's bar mitzvah and how that's a little different from when Paul Pfeiffer made his bar mitzvah debut in Birthday Boy from season two. So we're definitely going to be looking at that one. Of course, after next week, we'll have episode 12, I'm with the band, which has Dean losing his position as first chair saxophone in the school band, and Bill lays the pressure on him to earn it back because uh, Dean loses it to a white boy. And then, of course, we have the Valentine's Day dance, which that one will be coming up. So, okay, so we have... Brad Mitzvah episode 11 that is actually going to be released uh, uh, the podcast episode on the second this episode I just did today is going to be released tomorrow the 26th then we will have I'm with a band that'll be on the 9th and then the Valentine's Day dance which airs February 2nd. I'm going to be covering that, and that will be put out on the 16th of February. In this episode, Dean's plans to ask Kisa to the Valentine's Day dance are foiled when another boy asks her out first. So I'm guessing then he isn't with Charlene anymore. Hopefully they kind of just ended things, and he told her off, said, hey, I'm going to be friends with who I want to be friends with. If you have a problem with it, then this is not going to work out. 
Uh, also, Bill and Lillian make Kim sign up for a big sister program to have extracurricular activities for her college applications. Yeah. All right. And then, you know, take another break for a little bit and then um, we'll do some episodes again. So just kind of, you know, do a handful, take a little break, come back, do a handful, you know, that kind of thing. Of course, I like to do some comparison episodes when there is a reference that comes up, and especially with this episode with Lillian and Kim and their disagreements about college and stuff, I wanted to play some clips from Daddy's Little Girl with Karen turning 18 and her and Jack constantly fighting, and one of the things that does come up in the beginning of the episode is about her going to college and how she wants to go to a certain college. Jack's like, no. And then she says, fine, I won't go to college at all. I'll go to the College of Life. I'll just, like, travel. And then, of course, Kevin tries to interject there when it really isn't his business to. Because Jack's like, your brother's going to college, your other brother's going to college, and you're going to college. End of story. So, yeah. And just her kind of fighting for her independence. And it just, it, it, it's just, it's sweet. This is a sweet episode. So I'll play some clips from this episode. Also, um, if you don't know already, the original Wonder Years, it looks like it is going to be taken off of Hulu, which I think is just ridiculous. Because otherwise there is no streaming platform for the Wonder Years. But the thing is, I think it does... It's good for Hulu because you have the new Wonder Years on Hulu and then also the the OG Wonder Years. You can watch, you know, both. So I don't understand why this, why it's going to be expiring. First clip, of course, is going to be right as the episode opens with Jack and Karen arguing because he's complaining about the fact that he had to wait up half the night for her to get home. Like, where the hell were you? I left the light on. You want to know how expensive that's going to be? Ugh. And living in this house. Well, where the hell were you last night? Look, will you stop giving me the third degree? Of course, for my sister and my father, that special love and respect took the form of... I waited up half the night. You don't have to wait up for me. Guerrilla warfare. I left the damn porch light on until all hours. Do you have any idea how much that cost? Sorry, take it out of my allowance. But the week of my sister's birthday, they brought out the heavy artillery. Your curfew is 11. You want to be grounded? I don't believe this. I'm 18. Not until Sunday you're not. During that week, Mom was sort of like the UN, trying to mediate the warring factions. Boysenberry syrup? And mm-hmm. failing miserably. Why is he always on my case? Well, uh... Why can't she ever listen? Me? I was kind of like... Uh, Switzerland. Can't we just eat our breakfast in peace? Now where are you going? To school. As for Wayne and my... See, and now the next one, of course, is he's looking over Karen's choices of college and just like, what is this college? There's no grades. There's no exams. What is this? I'm not paying for this. She's like, fine, I just won't go then. He's like, oh, no, you're going to college. That is, you, you're going. You don't get a choice. Yeah, of course. I'm not listening to this. No grades, no exams. Daddy, it's a very good school. What the hell kind of college is that? But it wasn't that Dad didn't listen. He listened. He just didn't like what he heard. Will you please tell him this isn't the Stone Age anymore? What's that supposed to mean? The thing is, I was beginning to see a pattern. Whenever Karen said one thing... Well, this is where I'm going. Dad said the other. Now, while I'm paying for it, 
and vice versa. Fine. Then I won't go to college. Oh, you're going all right. And I'm sending you. State has a lovely campus. No. <laughs> Look at that dress. Excuse me. Armed with my newfound observations about the nature of interpersonal communication, it was time to come to the rescue. It seems to me that you two Kevin. should stay out of this. Yeah, really. Okay. Glad I could be of help. <laughs> Wait a minute. At least as a visual aid. Your brother's going to college. Your other brother's going to college. And you're yeah. going to college. I don't think anyone goes to college. Thanks. Hey, I didn't. Well, maybe I'll travel. See the world. Go to the college of life. <laughs> what do you know about life? I know plenty about life. Really? I'll go to Europe. And who's going to pay for that? In a way, you almost had the feeling they didn't want to be rescued. You are so narrow-minded. Watch yourself, young lady. What? The funny thing is, the closer it got to Karen's birthday, I'm the one who's going to go to the school. The worse it got. So yeah, the next scene here, of course, the the family sitting around watching TV, and Karen and Jack are actually getting along, which is just it's surprising. And then, of course, Norma brings up. <laughs> Karen's birthday and cake and all that. And Karen's like, no, I don't want a cake. No, I don't want presents either. And Jack's like, you're gonna have a cake and you're gonna have presents and you're gonna open them and you're gonna like them. Pass me the popcorn, huh? Sure, Dad. Because I hadn't seen Dad this calm in over a week. <laughs> I like this show. Rachel. Rachel. <laughs> Yep, this was just like old times. So, Mom, we can have a birthday cake for Karen? <laughs> a cake? I don't want a cake. Sure you do. No, really, I don't. I don't want a party either. Well, honey, it's not exactly... What are you talking about? Sure you do. You like parties. No, really, Dad, I don't. Fine. Then we won't have a party. Good. We'll just give you your presents. I don't want presents either. So nobody get me a present, okay? Okay, we'll get you a present. Golf, anyone? You're gonna get presents. Well, I'm not gonna take them. Whoops. Homework calls. I'm going out. In that? <laughs> My clothes are wrong. My friends are wrong. Okay, we were one step shy of Armageddon. This called for a voice of reason. A note of conciliation. Will you guys not get off? I'm trying to watch TV. Kevin, shut up. <laughs> I'm out of here. Honey, and you don't have to bother to leave the light on. I'll manage just fine. for dinner we're expecting you your mother's making a cake well i already told her not to <laughs> and of course here's the last scene around the dinner table where norma says all right it's time for the cake and karen gets up and says well i gotta go i can't stay and jack puts his foot down and says no 
you are staying here. You're not going out. And it's almost like a standoff as Norma turns the lights off and brings out this glowing candle cake. And it's just, you get to see the gift that Jack gave Karen. And it's just, it's a heartwarming, sweet moment that he finally realizes, yes, she is 18 and he has to let her go. I'm back. But I can't stay. Not even for cake and ice cream, honey? Mom, I told you I don't want a cake. Oh, it's been made. It's too late. I'm lighting the candles right now. Kevin, honey, get the lights. Well, the stage was set. Bring on the fireworks. Okay, here it comes. Everybody sing. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Karen. Happy There it was. 18 years of hopes and memories poured into 80 ounces of egg whites and sugar and wax. It was enough to melt anybody's heart. Except maybe my sister's. There's my ride. Gotta go. And I guess that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Not so fast. You stay in here. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. I'm leaving, Daddy. And even though I'd been hearing those words for weeks, suddenly I was hearing something new. Or maybe it was as old as children and parents and families. You're not going until you open this. <clears throat> what is it? Thanks, 
across the morning sky. Hey. All the birds are You make a wish? of my sister's 18th birthday a lot of things happened maybe more than she knew because that night when my father let Karen go out he let Karen go I do not count the time maybe that's how it had to be children leave and parents stay behind still some things are deeper than time and distance and your father will always be your father. And he will always leave a light on for you. Oh, I always tear up at that. I always do. It just, oh, it always gets me right in the heart, right in the feels so much. I love Jack and Karen's relationship so much because they're so much alike. All right, like I said, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. If you want to email the podcast, you can do so at lbomwonderyearspodcast at gmail.com. And I will be back next week with Season 1, Episode 11, Brad Mitzvah. (laughs) All right, bye-bye, everybody.